0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and you just get me today, guys. Um, we have been doing a stream of, I feel like, interviews. Um, and, you know, every so often, I just like to mix it up and just talk to myself. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll so this episode, I'm trying to keep more streamlined for you, Uh, Kirby said that he would love to see what the stats and data and analytics do with a shorter episode, um, more in that 30 minute instead of, I don't know, 60 minutes of me rambling. Uh, So I'm going to do my best to not get on too many side tangents and like, just give you like six things on hiring. Boom. That's what today's about. Okay. But before we do that, I do have to share this story with you because it's really, really funny. So I do not have time to go into the previous stories because I'm on a time crunch, apparently. But let's just say that I have a history of if I am going to like a spa with girlfriends and we're all getting massages or we're all getting pedicures or we're all getting facials. um, My experience like my service tends to be really weird um the only thing i can really compare it to is if you've ever seen the kate mckinnon on snl skit where her and a couple other people are being interviewed because they were abducted by aliens and like the other two people are talking about how magical this experience was and kate mckinnon is just hilarious please like if you haven't seen this, go do Kate McKinnon, like alien abduction SNL. So anyway, it's one of those things where I come out of the experience. Everyone else is like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I'm like, um, my lady literally pinched my face, most of my facial or like just really weird, funny stuff. So this past weekend I was at a spa with friends and We're getting massages separately, not together, but I mean, at the same time. And so the guy comes in the room and he's like, okay, so uh, what kind of massage experience do you want today? And I was like, I really love deep tissue. Now I'm used to, as a chiropractor, always requesting deep tissue. I like more therapeutic or like, you know, those benefits. And I just like strong hands. Um, so he goes, Okay, so just so you know what deep tissue is, deep tissue is that I will be pushing past the adipose tissue into the muscle belly, blah, blah, blah. Um, it can be painful and cause bruising. So now this is not the response I usually get when I ask for a deep tissue massage. So I was like, oh no, 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 that's, that's okay. We don't have to do that. And he goes, no, 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 no. Normally we don't do it at the spa, but for you, I will. To which I go, seriously, it's no big deal. We'll just do like the normal massage that you do. And he goes, no, 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 no. For you, I will. And so he leaves and I'm like, damn it. I am not the kind of person who is going to advocate for myself mid massage and be like, oh, that's too firm. I'm just not, I'm a weakling. I don't know, one day, maybe in my forties when I've really like, I don't know, but for now I'm not. And I know this about myself. So I'm like, all right, I get undressed. I lay on the table and I'm like, seriously, Lauren, you have to stop this. You are paying a lot of money for this massage. Um, okay. So I like script in my head what I'm going to say. So he comes into the room and he's like, okay, how are you doing? And I'm like, i am so relaxed and ready you know what you talked me out of a deep tissue massage i think i just want a nice relaxing massage to which he goes oh no 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 for massage you'll be great and then he started the most painful massage i've ever received at one point Um, okay, this is a good like space. I've never asked this question. So like this has only happened once in 10 years. So nobody freak out. Um, But I had a patient get a deep tissue massage and she had like nerve issues for like two weeks and it got back to normal. Like, you know, she even went and like saw her neurologist and they were like, oh no, you'll be fine. Um, But it was almost like what the neurologist told her was like, she had an air quote bruised nerve. Um, and so literally at one point he is stripping my forearms and my median nerve is sending like shocks into my hand almost. Okay. Mind you still at this point, I am not saying oop too much. <laughs> I'm still just wincing and thinking, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to adjust next week. What if he like permanently damages my nerves? Um, so although I do have a little bit of bruising, um, I am totally able to adjust. I have no nerve damage. Don't worry. But that was the most miserable, expensive massage I've ever had. Hmm. All right. I'm doing a really good job staying on topic. So for today's episode, I pulled you guys and said, all right, what do you want a episode on? Um, Would you rather me do an episode on hiring an associate or hiring a CA? And for the non-chiros, that's just basically a very skilled front desk person. Um, You know, we don't call them office managers or secretaries because their expectation is they're a chiropractic assistant. That's what that stands for. Um, And we want them to deeply understand chiropractic and be able to take as much off our plate as possible. So we call them CAs, but for you non-chiros, it's whatever. Um, And 70% of you said you wanted a CA and not the associate, uh, which is a bummer for all the 30% of you who said you wanted uh, how to hire an associate, which we did just do. Uh, I did just hire an associate. Woo-hoo, you guys, I've only been looking since last June. Um, but for those who are wondering, episode ninety-five, we just did an episode with Melissa Kolb on hiring an associate and it was wonderful i recommend if you're like oh i don't need a ca i need associate go back listen to 95 and you should have your little heart's content so today we're gonna be talking about a ca um okay let's do a highlight yeah let's do this so this is from Shayla Ann and it's obsessed with three exclamation marks. I like my girl who knows how to use multiple exclamation marks. It says, I've listened to almost every single She Slays episode from listening as a student to now opening my own practice. I have found something to take away from every episode. I've even started going back to previous episodes that are now more applicable to opening. Thank you so much for all you share. Double exclamation mark and a heart emoji. Thank you, Shayla. I'm going to assume that's shayla there's two a's so do we think that's how she spells her name or that's a middle initial or is it shayla or shaylay i don't know we're not sure um and then this as far as a question goes i was going to tell you this isn't nobody's well you guys have written in multiple times about cas but i couldn't find any specific question but bobby vormans who was just on her and I recorded our episode live. And at the end, she said, like, okay, listen, I love your podcast, you need to record a couple certain episodes. Um, And I was like, okay, and I like wrote down and one of them was hiring. So I was like, Oh, yep, we do need to do an episode on that. I don't think we've talked about it since like episode three, or something like that. It's like hiring your first CA. So here we are. Am I doing a good job of staying on track? No, nope, I'm not. I'm, only, I'm supposed to be doing a 30 minute episode and I'm only <laughs> almost 10 minutes in. That's fine. Let's pray because when you are short on time, you still don't cut out God. Dear God, thank you so much for the people listening to this. Help them. Anybody who's looking for um, someone to bring into their office. This can be such an intimate thing. Um, and so many people you know, it's there's vulnerability, there's time, there's investment in this. And we all know that we need the right team to do the impact that you want us to do. So anybody who's listening and wondering if they're ready, like, you know, make it obvious to them, anybody who knows they need a CA, help them help those people show up help those candidates that are the right candidates really stand out because that can be the so frustrating when you have so many options and you just want to make the right decision. Um, so just guide everyone's hearts and brains to uh, make the right decisions, to build the right team for what their community needs at this point in time. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so before I get into my six things, um, I will say that 10 years into practice. So last December was 10 years. um, I have gotten better at hiring. um, But also hiring is easier, because we have a brand reputation in our area. So When I talk about things of like, oh, so normally when we post, we'll get X number of candidates or this is the process that I go through, realize that it wasn't always that way. If you are starting a practice um, within the next six months and you're looking to bring on your first CA, you know, you're not going to have... The, the social media community working of like, oh my gosh, my favorite chiropractor is hiring. Anybody would be lucky to have this job that a lot of clinics get now that they've been in the world for longer. So just realize that if you're brand new, you might have to hustle harder. You might have to have a longer window. You might have to advertise more um, in order to find your right candidates or really sort through than like somebody who's been in practice for a while. So the first thing that I would say before you post is knowing what you need. What are your physical needs in office? Now, this is going to drastically be different compared if this is your first and only front desk versus if this is your second versus if this is your fifth. Okay, so like you need to deeply understand What are the needs of your clinic and, you know, the person that you're hiring for? When we look at the needs of the clinic, I would say first and foremost, look at what can be gotten off of your plate and potentially onto someone else's plate. If you are still the main person doing your marketing and you have in your head that you must be your, the marketing and marketing takes up a lot of your time, I would recommend that you are looking for someone who's got marketing skills. Um, You know, even if that's like a 25 year old who deeply understands social media, like they don't need to have a marketing degree necessarily. My marketing director had no idea that she was going to become a marketing director when I hired her, I just turned her into that. Um, So the most important thing, for patients to stick around is to have as much quality time with you, the doctor, as possible. And there is one thing, there's really one, okay, maybe two things that cannot be delegated, and that is the adjustments. So when you look at your role as the doc, look at like, okay, How can we free up my time more so than anyone's so I can be giving more time to patients or be seeing more people so the clinic can make more money? What I don't want you to do is jump, like, let's say this is your second CA that you'd be hiring. And your first one is just running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Okay. And you're like, oh my gosh, my front desk really needs help. Um, Usually, well, I don't want to say usually, like from in my experience, it was around hundred to 120 25 people a week that, you know, she was kind of stressed. And I was like, well, I could see more people, but like, you know, um, but I can't because you're a headless chicken, even then I would still take into consideration your doctor needs first. And that might be controversial. I'm not saying that the second CA isn't going to pick up the other CA's role. That is naturally and obviously going to happen. But if you're still doing scans, I want that second CA to be trained on scanning so scans can get off your plate. Um, And then they'll also help that other front desk person. Okay, I do have a side note that I should have said in the beginning when it comes to knowing when the right time is. I've said this once before, but about 90 episodes ago. In my experience, what happens is, is whether you're hiring an associate or a front desk, people want their number, they stall or plateau in their numbers right before their comfort zone of when they're ready to hire. Here's like um, an example of for my first CA to my second, I wanted to be at 150 a week before we hired a second person, a second front desk. But we stalled at 100 to 125, we'd go up to 135, we'd go down. We stalled there until we hired the second person. And then that was the extra hand, the extra bandwidth that allowed us to move into that next level. Same thing with associate doctors. Um, Typically it's like, I want to get to this point before we bring on another person. And we kind of just stall. Um, And it is... I don't really understand what's going on within the universal energy, but it's basically, it's a difference between your energy and what it is capable of, and then what you financially think you need to make it happen. So for anybody who's like, oh, I'm waiting. I know we need another person, but I'm just waiting for us to get to that point And we're not, I am telling you, in my experience, hiring that other person, getting them trained in is what allows you the time as the owner your your front desk to deliver the experience it is what allows your business to go to the next level. Okay. So, um first and foremost, what can get off your list? Second and foremost, what can you get off your other staff's list? You know, this is where if you only have one person and you're going to be going to two or if you have four people and you're going to be going to five, you really need to understand what are they, what are your current front desk happy doing and excel at doing? And you're going to leave that with them. And you're going to go like, okay, um, so if working on financials is a drudgery zone thing, that's from some book that I read. I don't remember. Kirby put it in the show notes. Um, What book was that? Anyways, I think it was Michael Hyatt. So drudgery zone is basically the tasks on your day that you hate doing. Um, It makes people less efficient, less happy, less purposeful, less um, organized. And, you know, there are some things that have to be on your drudgery zone. So if like, adjusting patience is on your drudgery zone, that's too bad. We need to talk about if, if anybody adjusting patients is on your drudgery zone, will you please send me a DM and we will talk and get you using chiropractic and living your best life there. Um, but you know, for the most part, it's like, if you have a CA who doesn't like doing financials, fantastic. There are people out there who just get like super excited about spreadsheets. Kirby runs like is one of them. Um, but like, you know, you need to know who, who you're hiring and what can you take off your CA because that will also be the key to keeping your front desk longer is keeping your front desk, taking things off their plate that they don't enjoy and keeping the things that they really excel at on their plate. Um, And then also how many hours do you need a full-time or do you need a part-time? Now I have up until this point always hired full-time. Um, but we are getting to the point in our clinic where we do need to start hiring on some part-time people. And that's just my preference. I could have done, gone from one CA to one and a half CAs. I just went full into two and then full into three and then full into four. So, you know, whatever is best for you, if you want to kind of do that. I've just wanted people who were like full-on committed to me and this job. Um, so I'll let you know how the part-time people work. I know lots of people, like there's perfect people for part-time work that are still going to be fully committed to you and their family or fully committed to you and their side gig or whatever that is. So that's one, um, figuring out what are your needs and the clinic's needs. Now, two is understanding the clinic's emotional needs. Um, you know, like, I, I could only say this enough times, like your first CA is going to be different than your fourth, your first CA, my experience, I hired someone that I really enjoyed. They um, weren't necessarily the exact same person as me, they might be they were more like complementary to my personality. So naturally kind of filled in with the strengths and weaknesses. Now, If you just keep hiring the same person though, because you as whatever your Enneagram and personality type is going to show up on an interview and just naturally be attracted to the same people. Like that's, it's kind of how energy works. So you might find yourself consistently hiring these very bubbly, outgoing, social media savvy, yada, yada, yada people, Because if you're in a room of 40 people, those are the people you enjoy talking to. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you those people like, just make you feel very introverted. Um, And you keep hiring very quiet, um, low key people might be time for you to get out of your comfort zone and hire a very bubbly person. So look at what what kind of personalities are already happening, what kind of strengths are already happening in the clinic, what kind of things are not being done that should be, um, because everybody's avoiding it, and look at that. Now, this may be the only time you ever hear me say this, but I don't necessarily recommend the Enneagram. I know, I know. Um, I ask obviously um, and if somebody confidently tells me like oh yes I'm a 9 and I'll go like oh you're sure and they'll be like oh gosh yes I am definitely a 9 um, I'll be like okay cool I will strongly take that into account in my experience with the enneagram though um, people have either not heard of it and or they're like well <sighs> It's hard to say because I took a test and it said I was this um, and go back and listen to Enneagram episodes. Ultimately, it's not a BuzzFeed quiz. It's not like you can necessarily answer 50 questions and get spit out like this is your sign. This is what you are. Um, It can be a lot more complicated. So um, if somebody's like, oh, I've never heard of it. Will I have them do a free test? Sure. Um, But of all things, people uh, answering Enneagram questions for a job, you're more than likely going to get told they're a nine or a two because they're answering questions that they think you want to hear for their job. Although there are a lot of nines and twos, a lot of women get mistyped as nines or twos. So, do I do it? Do I ask? Yes. But my number one thing that I personally use is I pay for a strength finder test. Um, I believe um, it. there's like a free one. And then there's a more expensive one. Um, you know, you can pay for the you know, you can hold that towards the end when you're like narrowing down your candidates. But if there, I believe there's a free one I might have. A lot of people do that one, but typically I keep the personality test towards the end. Um, but really understand like what, what is going to complement the clinic the best. Where are you lacking? So number three, how are we going to post for our job? Now, this is where I said this is gonna be a little more difficult if you are brand new and you don't have a strong social media yet um, and a lot easier if you do have a strong social media. So indeed, of course, indeed, um, you know, those, those natural ones, maybe if, um, if your town has a like Facebook group, that's can be a really good place to post things like that like like our area has like barren county neighbors helping neighbors or whatever you know and see like all right if, if this doesn't go against the guidelines or whatever um but also indeed now where we get our best candidates are through our social media and that is because the people following us already have a vibe of our clinic um and they already kind of get us. So even if they're not looking for a job, they may not even be patients. They may just be people who really like the information we put out, who live in the area, who haven't become patients yet. Um, Or they may be patients and they're just going to be like, anyone would be so lucky to work at this place. These people are great humans. That's the kind of stuff that gets you great candidates. Um, You know, what I will say is realize when you are posting on your social media, that this is also marketing for your clinic. (laughs) So let's say that 70%, let's say 50% of your followers are active patients, 50% have either fallen off care or are going to be care like, or, you know, sorry, are not patients. When you post a job, you want that job to just seem like your clinic is the greatest, most loving place ever. So you're going to use things like our ideal candidate cares about a patient's needs more than... You know, I don't want to say their own because that's mean. That's a very two thing. Um, but, you know, like our our ideal candidate is not afraid to get on the floor and blow bubbles and play Legos. Um, our patient is going to be organized and listen and empathetic and listen to our patient's needs and just be an ear to, you know, whatever, whatever you're going to say, whatever. But like put yourself in a non-patient role, reading that job description, they should go, oh my gosh, I want to be a patient at that clinic. I don't need a job. But if that is what they, that is how they treat their patients. And that is the level of integrity and demand that they require of their staff. Hell yeah, I really should get in. So just keep that in mind um, that you're not just selling and trying to make the job sound Appealing to ideal candidates, you're also like realizing you're using social media to be like, hey, and if you're not a new patient, um, maybe you should become one. I wouldn't recommend using a picture or multiple. Um, picture, picture is a thousand words, right? Um, that just generates that feeling of like we're a team, we're a vibe, like we are an energy and we are attracting that energy into our clinic. Um, through candidates. So what I will say is, I'm in process of figuring out because we are hiring right now. And when I was writing up the notes for this, I was like, "Ooh, that would be a really good idea. Okay, can I just do a side note and say it is funny how many times when I sit down to write out a podcast episode that I'm like, Oh, shit, that's a good idea. My clinic should actually do that. (laughs) Um, It's just one of those things where when Work, where, where they talk about working in the clinic versus on the clinic. Sometimes the episodes, writing out the episodes for all you guys allows my brain to think of like creative ideal solutions. Whereas when I'm just in my clinic adjusting and solving problems, it doesn't have that time. So you're welcome. Um, but I would say either a, when you do a Facebook ad or a Facebook post, Don't be afraid to put in there, like tell people what you want to do. So one, you're going to give very specific instructions for applying. If you are interested in applying for this job, send a cover letter and resume as a PDF to this email. Now, Facebook has really like made things interesting where now people like, I don't know, Facebook almost like implies to people that like no 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 don't listen to their instructions apply this way by clicking this button on our app like they want to know who's interacting with who so if somebody oversteps that first step in applying and they don't send the email reply to them like thank you please send your resume to this email type of thing to fully apply um And that's how you'll kind of know like, all right, how good are they at following instructions? But to get more views on your job posting, I would recommend for all the people who aren't looking for a job and are just followers of your social media say, please share this post within our community or within our town or tag someone below to, um, you know, who you think would love working for us, you know, share this directly with any friends or family who you think would be an awesome fit, but like tell the people who aren't, who are going to be seeing your post because it's on your social media, who aren't interested in applying hey, have them work for you. Have all those people that are like, oh man, if only I needed a job right now. Great. I'm glad you don't, Jill. But Jill, do you have any friends or family that stand out that meet this? Is Also, if you get people tagging people below um, and sending it, that is going to tell Facebook this post is performing really well. Now, what I'm experimenting with is because Facebook goes, oh, you're hiring and turns it like into this thing that people can apply don't be afraid to do a separate post so like you've got your job posting just do a completely separate post of like hey everyone did you see that we posted a job listing this week post a really cute picture that says we're hiring on it and say like if you've got any friends or family don't like please tag them below or tell them to go find our job listing um you know That way Facebook won't turn that post into a job listing. um, And you can like have people tagging and editing and doing all that. So get that working for you. So yeah, so we did specific instructions. You've got that picture. All right, that was number three as to like where to post. Number four is what is the process? Now don't get, (laughs) I'm gonna tell you that the process is gonna be kind of whatever deck of cards you're dealt. If you have a lot of candidates, then I tend to go through a more in-depth process to save my time and energy. If you don't have a lot of candidates, I may skip out on a couple of these steps. So let's just give, let's say you post a job and you get like a hundred applications to sort through. Um, And you're like, oh boy, where do I even begin? So the first thing is you're going to tell them, like, please submit a cover letter, like if they just respond on Facebook or whatever, they, you know, please submit a cover letter and resume as a PDF to this email. And if they can't follow those simple instructions that you tell them, like, I don't know, if I've got a ton of candidates, sorry, you might've been great, but like, you if you want, if you really want this job, follow the instructions. You don't have a resume. That's your problem, not mine. So automatically, anybody who's like, Oh, I don't have a resume. Just like crickets, like Good luck then. <laughs> Best of luck. I hope you get the job. Um, because it's like that is a not solution-oriented person who you do, don't want at your front desk necessarily. They may be super sweet, but I need you to solve problems for me so I can spend more time adjusting, less time solving problems. Um, so you're gonna go through the resumes. I, you know, let's just say, oh, there's you're only able to hand out like 20 of them. All right. Or like get rid of 20 of them. So you still have like. 80 candidates that you're like, well, maybe this person, maybe that person, like I recommend you can probably cut it down more than that. Okay. Like if you seriously have eight, you can get it down, cut it down by at least half, keep working through those resumes, um, doing stalking, which is illegal. You're not allowed to do that, but haha, Facebook has made that pretty, um, easy to do. So do your, do your work on the internet um and get down to a certain amount of people now from there what you can do if you're still like wow this is too many people to do one-on-ones with you can have them come in for a mini um it's not an application. So I actually got this from Elise Rigney um, at a mastermind that she was teaching at. And she was talking about this form that she uses. I think it's a private form. So unless you're like paying with her, I don't know if you get it, but it's basically just like a one page thing that has them answering like either or questions to get a general it's like a short disc profile almost is what it is um and it's just like 20 questions and so you have them come in you're gonna have them come in during a busy time you'll have your front desk be like now unless you're alone then you don't want them coming in during a busy time because you're going to be adjusting patients. But like, if you have one front desk person, you're going to have the front desk person go through the instructions and like of this little one page form, and then just be like, okay, great. Go ahead and fill that out. Give that back to me. And if we're interested in bringing you back for the next round, we'll let you know. Okay. So now you have like this mini personality profile on them. You haven't asked their strength finder yet. You haven't asked their Enneagram like that is down the road. This is just a super simple little mini personality test to see how are they going to fit the emotional needs of your clinic? Are they solution oriented? Are they people oriented? Um, now from there, you can go into a group interview. Now, again, I told you not to get overwhelmed. I will tell you what, you know, You could do all of these or one or two of these. So let's say that you still have like 15 to 20 candidates that are great personalities, great resumes. You saw them in person. So you got to see how comfortable they were just like in this setting And, you know, just how they put themselves together. How did they show up for this situation? And I would invite them all to what's called a group interview. I've done these before. They're awkward as F, but it's, you can ask them questions. What I have found most helpful with the group interview is like being honest about what working for my company is like, and I am super honest about like, this is a borderline cult. I don't tell them, I don't use those words, but like they get it. They get it. I give them like a, so I tell them a specific time. I tell them it's going to be a group interview. Um, and that, you know, there may be some very simple questions asked from them. Um, I pay attention. So let's say I tell them 7 PM on this date, I pay attention who shows up early, who shows up late, Now for the group interview, now that I've got 15 to 20 of them, I will ask them to do something beforehand and print it and bring it to that. So this is where I may send them a a free personality test, whether it's the Enneagram, whether it's Strength Finder, whatever free test I'll say like Congratulations, you've made it to the third round. Um, So the third round is a group interview. Um, We'd like you to complete this test beforehand and print your results and bring them to the interview. The interview starts at seven o'clock sharp at this day and location. So this rules out a lot of things who can figure out how to print stuff anymore? Like so many people are like, uh, I don't have a printer. Well, are you solution oriented? Did you figure out how to print something? Um, Did you follow instructions? Well, and who showed up at 655? Who showed up at 705? And then what I do recommend is as people show go like, I'm just, you know, I'm just working on a final couple things on the PowerPoint, go ahead and take a seat and just observe how people interact with each other under a stressful situation, because a group interview is freaking stressful. So Then I give like a 20 minute spiel. I'm talking about who I am. What are the core beliefs of this clinic? What is our mission? The patients that we serve. What are the job duties? Like what's the dress code? What is expected of the job? Like basically all that stuff that people would want to know. Before they would say yes to a job. I just do it all in one one setting so I don't have to repeat myself and so the one-on-one interviews people aren't like oh wow you drink that Kool-Aid huh and it's like yeah do you want some Kool-Aid and they're like no um Gen Zers if you don't get the Kool-Aid reference I don't even know where to go look whatever um just look up where to drink the Kool-Aid come from uh but basically like yeah I love my brand i love my clinic and we are a team we are a culture we are a vibe and i want to make sure that like are you like i don't want you to come on and feel like you're the weirdo um because we're weird we're super weird we own our weirdness we just want you to be weird with us um so i'll give this like 20 minute thing um I'll say like, are there any questions? I'll see who asks questions, who's leaning back, who's leaning forward. And I'll say like, okay, so if you are interested in still pursuing this job, um, please, here's an application. Please fill it out before you leave. And there's one final round of interviews that are the one-on-one. And from there, that gives them the out of them being like, if you got 15 people and you just like said like, who wants Kool-Aid? And like five are gonna bow out. You know, they're just gonna be like, oh, she's got way too much energy for me. Or like, whoa, this is not my style of healthcare. This, I just thought I was gonna be like billing insurance and stuff. Um, that's okay. So from there, you've got your application. So let's say it gets down to 10 you can do 10 one-on-ones, but I think from those 10, you can probably go to like three or four people who are really your vibe. Like you were like, they just, they had something at that in person, like that group interview. I just liked how they responded to things and how they like carried themselves. And then, yeah, I would invite three to four four or five, maybe to that one on one, a lot of the one on one is going to be those very specific questions. You don't need me to tell you what questions to ask on the internet and do a search of like questions to ask at a job interview, you know, and like find the ones that really resonate with you and what you're looking for. Um, From there, I will get down to like my final two or three. And you're like, geez, Louise, Lauren, do you do this on everyone? Yes and no. It really depends. Um, It's been a long, long time since I have had a low amount of people apply for a job. Um, Even right now, I was just talking to another professional who runs um, a dental clinic and she said they just cannot get people to apply for job because of like the unemployment situation happening in the U S well. And I was like, Oh shoot. I wonder if that's going to affect us. Nope. We're getting plenty of job applications. Um, so it's just been a while. If I only had five candidates, you're right. I might skip over all of that and just look at resumes and go, okay, well, two of these people are no goes threes. I'm interested in going straight to a one-on-one but like, if you're at a point where you're hiring your fifth CA and you've got this going on and that going on and you're adjusting all these people. You need these systems and processes to make sure like your train of your clinic is going a hundred miles an hour. You need to make sure that you have the greatest person to bring on because there's nothing worse. Oh my gosh, this happened with my second CA. There is nothing worse than putting all of this time into one-on-ones and hiring. And that person has their first week And they go, I'm sorry, I'm just not the right person for this. So I am telling you, this is my experience that the effort put into the hiring process is worth it because then you got to go back to the people who you said, sorry, you didn't get the job and go like, Hey, so funny story. Um, that person I hired didn't work out. So it's like, oh gosh. All right. So you get down to your final two or three, however you've gotten there, whether it's sorting through resumes, whether it's one step of this process, three steps of the process, all the steps of the process. And you're going to do a, you know, I would recommend, um, a full on strength finder at this point. Like if you whatever test you haven't had them do. So like if you had them do a free Enneagram test and bring that to the group interview, if you didn't do the group interview because it sounded too awkward and you'd rather crawl into a hole and die, um, that's fine. At this point, you're going to want them to do both the Enneagram and Strength Finder. If you have to pay like 30 bucks or whatever or 50 bucks for the more extensive Strength Finder or whatever test like you really like, disc maybe, do it. Like again, the $50 that you're going to invest in this person is well worth it. Um, when you're down to like the final two and you don't know, you really are like, I don't know. They're both great. So then you're going to have them come in and do like a job shadow for a shift. It's going to be a busy shift. They're going to be mostly observing. Now, this is new to me that I will tell you I've never done before, but um, was at the recommendation of a couple different chiropractors um, at a recent mastermind that you pay them. Now, one person said they just do it because they want these people to know that they're going to be taken care of if they accept a job at this place. Now I like that. That is some damn integrity of like, yep, come for three hours. You'll, I don't know whether you give them, like, do you just give them $40 cash, $50 cash? Like, it's not like you're going to put them on payroll. Do you write them a check? These are questions. I don't know. Ask your accountant. Um, I would probably just give them cash if it's between you, me and the whatever. I don't think that's illegal. Maybe it is. I'm not a lawyer. Um, And then another person said that their accountant told them they needed to start doing paid working interviews. So I asked Kirby, I said, okay, I'm going to be talking about this on the episode. Can you look into why the heck people are paying people for a shadowed job situation? He said that what he found legally, if you have them perform job duties, you do need to pay them. Now, I don't have when my final CAs are in perform job duties they are just observing um i am seeing naturally how they interact with patients and kids and awkwardness and busyness and stress and multitasking but it's not like i'm like having them answer the phone or schedule people um that's when i've decided on someone and they're hired in training um So I don't know where the scenario is where you would legally be required if you're just having them observe, but I can get on board with the whole, I'm taking care of them and I'm showing them right from the get-go that I'm going to take care of them. So I don't know, do what you want. Um, So yeah, and they're going to come this, now this one you're going to be adjusting. Yes, you want to pay attention, um, but really this is more for your staff if you have them. This is like kind of their final interview. You're seeing how they they interact with the staff, how the staff interacts with them. Um, and then from there, you should, for God's sake, have enough information uh, to make a decision. And if, um, you know, you don't, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> you've spent enough time on this process. So, you know, when you're ready to offer that job, see how much time they need, understanding understand that your person who has integrity if they have a job they might want to give three or four weeks notice know that you picked a really person of integrity if that's the situation that you're in now i have been in that situation where i wanted someone and they were like oh so here's the deal i am committed on this day and time to finish up a final project and i was like okay go ahead. And so like, they had a period where they weren't working for me. And then like this one week period where they were training part-time, but then finishing up at their other job. Like I've, I'm creative. I'm go with the flow. I'm breezy. Um, so yeah, so that is, that's the process peeps. Um, and then call them and be like, Hey, you want a job (laughs) and offer them a thing and you know, go from there. Oh, I said six things. Did I give you six? five was the final two. I kind of got off on a tangent. Four was the long drown out process. Five was the final two of like getting them how that like working interview and things like that go. And then six is the training timeline. You know, this is where like they're onboarding when you call and offer them the job, you want to say like, all right, what is your timeline? Here's my timeline. How can we make this work? Um, that's where you're going to talk about like okay you said on your job application that your these were your salary requirements based on your experience i'm prepared to start you off at this level how does that work for you um you know you're getting that and then also in addition, once they start, you're going to want to have a nice clear, like whether it's two months or three months or one month, but basically by the end of week one, we want you to have learned X, Y, and Z. And then by the end of week two, we want you to have mastered X or yeah, continue working on Y and Z and also added, oops, I ran out of letters. Do I go to A, B, and C on this scenario where I'm continuing... Yeah. Okay. Well, I've completely botched this example. You get it. They should, because what's going to happen is, is the reality of training is they don't get to just work on scheduling all day, every day. And that's the only thing they're learning. They're learning like how to schedule a new patient and then how to answer the new patient phone call and like this and that. And then you're also learning the software. And then you're also learning like, oh, scheduling with a front desk and versus a follow-up and somebody who like reschedules. So like It can be so overwhelming that training. So step six is really having like a nice, clear, like, yes, you're going to start learning kind of everything right away, but here's where I want your mental energy to go. Scheduling a new patient, scheduling patients in clinic, you know, like those things. And then week two and week three and week four and make that timeline. Um, So there you go, peeps. Wow. I did an excellent job doing a short episode, didn't I? (laughs) All right. Well, I love you guys. And if anybody who's in process of hiring, if this episode did something for you, if this was helpful in any way, I would love if you screenshotted and shared it on social media. It is what helps more and more listeners find the podcast. If you haven't gotten around to leaving a review, I would love for you to be a listener highlight. I would love to thank you and read your review. So please take the time to do that. It again helps. Uh, Kirby told me there's one point 7 million podcasts now in chiropractic. No, just kidding. Um, just in the world of English speaking. Um, and so this helps She Slays the Day kind of surface to the top for people who it's relevant for. So, with much love and appreciation of everything you do, um, until next week. Bye, She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.